welcome to the May Road Show, episode number 353. My name is John Morgan. Cold coffee is not with me this week, but let me just say, on a positive note, it's not because he's sick. It sounds like he's doing okay. Feels like everything is good. Shout out to all the positive messages, everything like that. It feels like his uh, battle with COVID is coming to an end, thankfully. So uh, he's doing good over there in Las Vegas, Nevada. But me, I'm out in Mount Laurel Township, New Jersey. So what the hell are you doing in New Jersey? Well, technically I'm kind of in Philadelphia, uh, but we're a little bit outside of Philadelphia. It's Fury Professional Grappling 3, but unfortunately all the hotels were sold out downtown. It's uh, it's New Year's, man. It's the holidays, but we're going to bring the things in right December 30th, Thursday night. Oh, my God. I can't tell you how excited I am for this. We're, uh, we're just a little bit outside. I think it's like 20, 25 minutes, something like that. Actually, uh, a decent little hotel. If you've ever heard of uh, – I, I, I don't know how you say it. Is it a loft or a loft or – I don't know. It's – it's funny because it's a loft. It's essentially a, lo- a loft. <laughs> I don't know how you're supposed to say it. Anyway, if you ever are worried about, uh, you know, you're on a business trip or something, you see this as the option, the a loft, a loft. If anybody wants to tell me how to say that properly, I'd appreciate it. Uh, don't be shy. Don't be shy. I like this. I've stayed here a couple times, and, and I dig it. So normally we stay downtown at the Marriott, but again, like I said, it was sold out. But Fury Professional Grappling 3. We're going to talk all about that because I'm so excited. Not an MMA card, but come on, man. Have you ever seen a, a grappling card this loaded with, with, with recognizable names, UFC towns? This is the type of card that I have been wanting to see somebody put on for a long time. No disrespect to, to, to Submission Underground, Chell Sonnen, because they've kind of dabbled in this a little bit, right? And, I'm, and, and I've been a big supporter of Chell Sonnen and Submission Underground, and I will continue to be. Uh, I like Chell, man. He's a great dude, and, and I think they've had a great product with Submission Underground. But the thing is, and I had somebody else hit me up on Twitter earlier about this today. In fact, let me see if I can pull that up. Who said it? Because I, I think it's so right. Is that? Um, oh, it's my man. It's my man Luke. It's my man Luke. I forgot. It was my man Luke who talked about the fact that, you know, what they've done a lot of times in uh, Submission Underground. Again, I'm not disrespecting Submission Underground, but is the crossover of the MMA fighter versus the elite level grappling artist, and that's just hard, man. It's just really, really hard. And we got a little bit of that, um, and, and you have to. I mean, you have to to a little bit, but we got a whole lot of just UFC fighter versus UFC fighter on the card. And that, to me, is exciting. Um, um, we'll talk about that in a second. So we'll, we'll get into that because I am uh, – I don't know if you guys – I mean, obviously, if you're listening to this, you're a hardcore. I know that. But I don't know where your temperature lies for grappling for the most part. You know, I mean, I know that everybody loves a good, you know, slugfest, rock'em, sock'em robots. I mean, who doesn't love that? But I love a good grappling match, man. I, I really, really do. And maybe part of it has to do with, you know, watching my kid train. No, that's not it. No, I enjoy watching my kid train, and I enjoy uh, – that's a passion of mine. But it, to be honest, I'll be honest with you, I think it just boils back to, you know, Hoist Gracie. I mean, you know, see him apply triangle chokes in, in the very – I'm like, what the, what the hell is that? You know, at that time in my life, I didn't know what it was. And it just – I think that's just always sunk in with me that, man, it, it, it completely changed – where everything is, and, and, and I know that striking is still a huge part of it, and for the casual fans, the, it's the biggest part of it, but, man, I love the grappling just as much, and yes, seeing my kid train has uh, kind of 
maybe refire that patch with me because I'm seeing him learn the basics and I'm, I'm seeing him go through the the simplest of techniques and I'm you know since it's at such a, a lower level you know I'm actually able to see the steps and where people are moving and see how he's thinking and I love that but honestly nah it just goes back to the very beginning of mixed martial arts in the USC for me man seeing grappling perform at the highest level is is unbelievable man it really was a game changer it's so funny if, if you're not an old dude like me that doesn't remember man i remember growing up and just you know karate right that was it taekwondo that was it and, and this you know when you get down to these pure grappling events man it just i think it stokes that fire in me that reminds me of you know that 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 lit my passion for mma is is seeing this completely new art form something that was completely different man in the early days Gosh, man, you remember the early days when it was like the U.S. wrestlers going against the Brazilian jiu-jitsu guys, and we, it felt like they knew some kind of you know, sorcery that, <laughs> that we weren't aware of. It was like, man, what is this stuff that they have? And, and this was before the days of the Internet, and, and you know, it was like people weren't training together. You, know, you had these little schools and stuff, and I, I don't know, man. We'll, we'll get into all that in a second, but I'm su- I just cannot wait for this card. Fury Pro Grappling 3. Thursday night, UFC Fight Pass. Uh, make sure you check it out. By the way, me, CM Punk, Paul Felder is going to be on the card as well. So, I mean, what? how honored am I to have a broadcast booth like that? I mean, I've been working with CM Punk for a couple years now, and I love the guy, man. He's become a great friend, and I enjoy working with him so much. And now I get to work with Paul Felder as well, who is, you know, just coming over and, and, and having some fun with us. And, and you know, I'll see him in a, in a couple of weeks on a UFC broadcast, you know. Um, but here I get that opportunity to call matches with him. So uh, excited for that. Jay Regabuto will be there with us as well. If you've seen any of the Fury Pro Grappling events up to now, uh, he's, man, his technical knowledge is off the charts. And he's still going to be a part of the broadcast as well. He's going to be kind of our fourth guy. To be honest with you, I think he kind of wanted to just be a fan for part of this. So we're, we're still going to make him work a little bit, but we're going to let him just have a little bit of fun and, and enjoy some of the matchups. So, uh, yeah, if you can't hear it in my voice, uh, man, I'm I'm pumped up for Fury Pro Grappling 3. All right, so, by the way, I should say, uh, only been on the ground for about an hour, man. Flew in uh, Vegas to Philadelphia. Took the uh, took the little the shuttle. We had a, a car service set up for us. A uh, couple stories I want to share. You know, the MMA Roadshow, I feel like, was always a little bit about sharing the road stories. I mean, I think that was part of the fun. I, you know, of course, we're all talking about MMA. Somebody, but, but I always love sharing the road stories. And over the past, you know, damn near two years at this point, I don't have many road stories. COVID-19 has just done changed all that. But first off, I got to give you the new travel hack. I was... I got to see firsthand a great travel hack today that you need to you need to have this in your repertoire. Now, you got to be a little bit ballsy to pull it off, and and I'm not even sure that I'm that guy to be honest with you. But I saw it, and I just I kind of wanted to slow clap a little bit. I kind of want to give a little respect for the guy. So I got there and uh, got the upgrade today. No complaints about that. Got the upgrades. I, your boy got to fly first class today. I was very, very excited about that because it literally didn't, my upgrade didn't clear until I was standing at the gate just about the board. I was, I was fine. I was in like 10C. I was going to be all good with that. I was in main cabin extra. I was going to be all right with that. But you know, if you can get in the first class, I, I mean, nobody's going to complain about that, right? So I thought I was going to be sitting in main, you know, main cabin extra, walk up to the gate. As I walk up to the gate, get the phone alert. Boom upgrades clear so i'm in a good mood right now you know i took the the 7 a.m flights this is about six in the morning i got up at 4 30 you know i'm gonna you know a little tired but now i know i'm about to sit down into a big first class seat and just settle down i'm good 
So they're letting people pre-board. I'm standing out of the way. I'm in a good mood, man. I'm not trying to block anybody's route. You need to pre-board? Go pre-board. Everybody's pre-board. Pre-boarding is basically done at this point, and somebody walks up, and they're like, hey, are you still pre-boarding? And they were like, yeah, 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 we are. And he said, my dad's over there. My dad has a cane. And they were like, well, is he on the list? I said, nah, I mean, he's not on the list, but he's over there, and he's, he's got a cane. And I was like, well, I mean, the man's got a cane. Like, it's going to take him a little while to get down there. Like, let's go ahead. So the, 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 the lady at the desk was like, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Come, tell him to come right this way. We're about to start boarding, so tell him to come right this way. So the man walks off. He goes and grabs his dad. His dad walks up. It's him and his dad, and the, the lady says, um, do you need uh, a wheelchair? Should we get you a wheelchair? And he's like, the, the gentleman now, now it's the dad, and the dad's like, no, 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 I can walk, thank you. And sure enough, got a cane in his hand. And they were like, okay, right this way, sir. You know, Go ahead and get on your pre-board. And they, they scanned his pass and walked down. My man never put his cane on the ground. <laughs> My man had a cane in his hand. So he did have a cane. Nobody lied here. There, were, there was no uh, ill information given. No lies were told. He did have a cane. He didn't use the cane. He just walked. He just walked right <laughs> through. <laughs> I had to giggle. Now, had I not, I still wouldn't probably gotten that mad. I just, I respect the hustle so much. Now, had I not had a nice first class seat to go to, would I have been a little bit more upset? Eh, maybe, maybe. But since I had a nice first class seat to go to, I just had to laugh a little bit. So from there's your there's your cheat from now on. If you need to pre-board, you want to get on a little early, because he had a you know he had a, a a backpack with him. He had another bag in his hand. He had a cane. He didn't use the cane, but he had a cane and they let him on. So I just thought I'd share out that little life hack with you. I might do it from now on. I might just carry a cane just to get on early. You know, like I've got a cane. Don't need it, but I got it. <laughs> Uh, all right, then we got to Philadelphia. Um, man, uh, by the way, uh, you know, talking about uh, this event, Fury Pro Grappling 3, uh, I, was, I was loaded up with a, a fantastic car, by the way. I was loaded with talent. So in my vehicle, uh, because they basically landed around the same time, not on my same flight, but they landed around the same time as me, uh, Craig Jones was on my flight. Uh, Kevin Holland was on my flight. Uh, or excuse me, on my, I was on my flight. I just said they weren't on my flight. They were in my car. So we were all in the car. It was uh, Craig Jones was in there. Uh, Kevin Holland was in there as well. Joaquin Silva was in there as well. Uh, so we had, a, we had a star-studded lineup of, uh, of, of athletes and myself <laughs> in the car uh, heading to the hotel. And I'll let those guys get in the back because, you know, it's kind of one of those weird things. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm still the journalist at heart. I mean, I'm, I'm the commentary uh, guy for this one. But I'm still, you know, I don't, I don't just jump in the mix with them like, hey, we're boys. We're hanging out. Like, ah, we're a little, little separation, a little church and state. You know what I mean? They're the athletes. I'm not. So I jumped up front and uh, let those guys have the, have the nice back of the vehicle that we're in. So I took the passenger seat up with the driver. And uh, I'm not going to give the driver's name. I'm not going to give the driver's company. I want to make it clear. I'm not even criticizing the driver or the driver's company. I'm just saying that as we rode from the Philadelphia airport to uh, our hotel, the Aloft, 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 whatever it is, uh, the gentleman was kind enough to let me know that if uh, certain services were needed, certain... um, entertainment services 
later in the evening, you see, if I was perhaps by myself, maybe, and in need of some, uh, you know, maybe just a little uh, conversation or some accompaniment, that sort of thing, that perhaps, you know, those types of things could be arranged. And I would just like to tell this man, uh, I kept the business card. <laughs> uh, I, I just thought it was a, I will likely not be utilizing such services. However, it's always good to have your business card in need of a rainy day. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, yeah. It's been a good trip so far. It's been a good trip so far. Just settling in. Uh, going to head down to weigh-ins in just a little bit. Uh, weigh-ins are going to be tonight. And then, of course, because uh, we're doing this new Wednesday night thing, hopefully everybody still remains okay with these Wednesday nights. Uh, figure go ahead and keep that tonight. Uh, again, you know, wanted to have cold coffee here. Uh, but, you know, it's just the, the schedule is a little weird. I wasn't sure exactly what was going to be going on. But fortunately, sounds like everything is good back in Las Vegas. But I figured I'd just roll a little bit solo. Hopefully that's okay. Hopefully everybody enjoyed your Christmas as you head into these New Year's. Did want to give a quick shout-out. Uh, the only two that I've really seen so far, and I'm not saying the only place that it's happened. Again, I've been I've been busy traveling and that sort of thing. But I saw uh, Sean O'Malley was was uh, at a Walmart handing out you know $100 gift packages to people, which is awesome. Also saw, uh, and I know we covered that on MMA Junkie. I don't know if you guys saw this. Um, but um, Dana White, uh, there was a, some local news reporters in Las Vegas. Dana White showed up to a couple different Walmarts and was just like covering everybody's bill, which it's cool, man. Listen, I'm, you know, I have a good relationship with Dana. I know a lot of people are not fans of Dana White, and that's fine. I, I, I don't ever argue with anybody. That's fine. But kind of, it's similar, and I've said this before too, about like Floyd Mayweather. Like Floyd Mayweather, clearly, you can you can say what you like about him what you don't like about him and there's definitely things to like and there's definitely things to, to not like but what i can tell you about is in las vegas he does a lot of stuff for the community where he you know goes and you know buys ipads and computers for like an entire school you know what i mean like he'll go in there and buy like 300 ipads or 300 you know uh chromebooks or whatever for for a school that, that doesn't have the money to afford that stuff which is awesome you know he does the you know, handing out turkeys at Thanksgiving and stuff like that. And there's a lot of people that hate Floyd Mayweather's guts. And that's fine. But when they do stuff like that, man, I think it deserves respect as well. So to hear that, you know, and I don't know, man. Sean O'Malley, of course, and and, and, and Dana White. I, both guys, I think some people just hate their guts. Like, don't like him at all. But when they show up on their own to take care of this stuff. Because it's another thing too, right? Like, you could easily just, hey, man, I wrote a – ten thousand dollar check and i and i gave this ten thousand dollar check to this charity and that's cool i mean bro there's not a charity on earth that wouldn't say give me that ten thousand dollar check that's cool it is cool but when you show up and you are manually you know covering transactions and you are manually looking at people and talking and making their day that's just some cool stuff man that's what that's what christmas is all about and that's what the holiday spirit's all about and i'm definitely not the most uh, religious dudes, and I'm definitely not necessarily even the best of dudes or whatever, but uh, I don't know, man. I've always been one of the, kind of those guys, like, if I have it, then you have it too, you know what I mean? And um, I don't know. I just like seeing stuff like that, man. I think it's really cool, and I think it just deserves uh, a little bit of a shout-out, to be honest with you. So uh, shout-out to those guys. Uh, holiday season means it is the end of the year. Hopefully you guys checked out the uh, spinning back click where we talked about the end of the year 
topics, the biggest topics going on. It was a fun one, man. It was it was fun. Uh, Danny Segura, uh, Mike Bond, gorgeous George Garcia. It's on YouTube if you uh, if you haven't checked it out there. It's also an audio version at the MMA Roadshow on Patreon. Patreon.com slash the MMA Roadshow. Just saying. But if you'd like to check out the video version, uh, definitely check that over at the YouTube channel. Uh, enjoy talking about kind of, kind of wrapping up the year-end events and uh, won't bore you with all that again if you'd already checked that out. But um, kind of an interesting discussion, right? Because I did see a little bit of the comments today as I was flying. And... Uh, I, I kind of knew knew it would be an issue, of course. Um, backlash, Jake Paul. Why are you talking about Jake Paul? And 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 to be honest with you, even as we were doing it, I I, I think and again, I think a lot of people that write comments don't even bother to hear the discussion first before they make a comment. I even said in our discussion, like it's kind of almost sad that this is something that we're talking about, right? That a guy that didn't even have an MMA fight. And we'll never have an MMA fight. Be clear, Jake Paul will never have an MMA fight. He says he's 100%. Okay, I'll rephrase that because I think maybe he will have an MMA fight. He will never have an MMA fight against a UFC fighter, against a viable UFC fighter. Like, would he come in and say, like, uh, you know, hey, Dan Severn, come fight me? Maybe. You know what I mean? Like, that's what he does, right? He picks names. He picks people that their age doesn't make sense their size doesn't make sense and yeah you know now let's say that maybe dan severin would be too big but but i think you get what i was going for there right a, a gentleman that may be a legend in the sport but a little too far gone to be in his athletic prime and so maybe he will have an mma fight at some point but it will not be against a top level you know usc contender contractual reasons number one of course the usc is not gonna let that happen but number two that's not what jake paul's strategy is right it's it's cherry picking the exact right matchups but the dude has done the exact right things he's cherry picked the exact right matchups and he's made himself a ton of money and um you have to respect that so i thought it was one of the 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 interesting points that you know people were so pissed off that we that we talked about that again i don't think they necessarily listened to the whole talk but you have I mean, if you're looking back at the last year, Jake Paul has to be one of the biggest stories of the year. Has to be. I mean, his opponents were Ben Askren and Tyron Woodley twice. Those are very, very notable names in the MMA space. And granted, it wasn't a mixed martial arts contest. But it's one of the biggest stories in the sport. And there's the other aspects of it as well with Jake. You know, he... He continues to kind of jab at Dana White. Now you got Dana White jabbing back, you know, these conversations about coat testing and PED testing. And, I mean, it's craziness. It's craziness. And I know Dana doesn't necessarily want to get involved in it, but he has to. You know, his name's in there. And, you know, there's fighter pay talk. And I don't I don't think the fighter pay talk is really going to necessarily go anywhere. But at least, you know, Jake Paul is, is helping create these paydays for people. And that's... You know, that's kind of one thing I, I will say that, you know, I don't know what the future of bare-knuckle fighting is. I don't know what the, the future of Triller Triad is or Triller just in general. But it's good to see people getting paid, man. It's good to see people having options. And at least there's a free market. At least, you know, you have some way to, to, ha- to have a free agency to try and see what the, the real value of your services is. So, um, I don't know, man. I, I, I'll be honest with you. I, I wished, you know, the, the, the Tyron Willie rematch, I was very, very happy when it was Tommy Fury because that was going to be a match that we 
don't necessarily need to cover. Um, I don't love covering Jake Paul fights. I haven't been to any of them um, because, you know, I think I see what I mean, what it is, right? And I, I want to be careful how I say this because I'm not trying to disrespect the guy. Business-wise, the guy has killed it. Like, do I think that Jake Paul is a legitimate boxer with a chance of making legitimate accomplishments in the boxing ranks? No, I don't. I don't. I do not believe he's capable of beating championship-level fighters. But that doesn't mean that I won't watch it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I don't necessarily want to uh, cover every aspect of it. And, uh, you know, maybe that's hypocritical of me. But I just I, – I, I honestly believe that the fighters that are fighting at the highest level deserve more coverage. You know what I mean? Like, and that may sound weird, but, like, you know, we can't spend an entire week breaking down – um, an LFA fight, for instance. I don't even want to say that. I don't want to compare it to that. I'll just throw CFFC out. You know what I mean? Like we can't spend all of our energy on that. Um, it's and so I don't mean that you know it's you know these these matchups aren't important that I don't want to watch them, but we just can't do that. We can't commit that kind of amount of time and resources to it. But when it comes time to fight, I'll watch the fight. I'll watch the fight. Um, but. Jake Paul has done such a masterful job of this that I, I don't think you can deny that he's one of the biggest stories of the year. I don't think you can deny that he's one of the biggest stories of the year. And I know some people are frustrated. I try not to put too much in the comments, but it is feedback, and, and I get it. And I'm a fan at heart too, man. That's why I started in this whole game because I'm a fan of the sport, and I get it. You know what I mean? I always want to remain true to – my beliefs and my passions and what I, you know, what I think. Um, and I truly believe and think that Jake Paul is one of the biggest stories in the sport, you know, not necessarily the most talented fighters, not necessarily one of, um, you know, whatever you want to say, but when it comes to biggest stories, yeah, yeah, he was. And, uh, I don't know. I'm anxious to see how much further can go. I mean, how many more, opponents can you cherry pick how many because they're doing the right thing man they're, they're doing the right thing where you go ah now i want to see that you know and, and i feel like it's going to pass at some point but we'll see we'll see we'll see what happens uh in the meantime i hope people get paid you know i i, I guess man it's a funny one right francis Ngannou. you know I, I see a lot of people talking about if francis leaves the ufc how will he fare in boxing and I know this is maybe this is sacrilege to say it, especially considering, you know, I mean, I, hell, I have a lot of respect for Francis, man. I've enjoyed covering his career, and man, he's always been incredibly kind to me. But I don't love his chances competing in boxing, right? Like, I want. I guess it's got to come down to whether you can get the contract you like, whether you can get the money you like. And again, I just said, I want to see fighters get paid. I want to see athletes get paid. And I absolutely do. I 100% believe he should test the market. But I hope the market brings him back to the UFC. You know, if he can go to the UFC and say, look, I have this offer from, you know, X boxing company, whether it be Golden Boy, whether it be Top Rank, whatever it may be. This is the amount they're willing to pay me, and it's contractually written down. This is not conversation. This is a contract. Here's what it is. Would you pay me that to stay in MMA? Man, 
I hope he would stay in MMA. If the money's the same, I would love to see him stay in MMA. I just, maybe I'm wrong. And again, he's a powerful fighter. So if he lands, he lands. But I, I just don't know that he would perform at the highest level of boxing. And, I mean, I guess it boils down to money, right? So if you go, let's say, you know, again, like Conor McGregor going to fight Floyd Mayweather for $100 million. Well, shit, who cares what you do after that, right? You got $100 million in the bank. So, you know what? If, if Francis is going to make $100 million to fight somebody, you know, if they're going to put him against, you know, Fury or Joshua or whoever for $100 million, then maybe I should just shut my mouth because he's going to change his life. He's going to change his family's life for generations. So go do it. I guess from a selfish point of view, I'd love to see him stay in MMA because I just I think long term success. I just don't see Francis Ngannou having long term success. Can he get one big payday? Sure, sure, absolutely. Maybe two, right? Maybe maybe put him up against uh, you know a, a favorable matchup first, and then you get another one. But I just man, when you put him against those elite level guys, I don't know, man. I don't know. You know, and again, we all know that none of those elite level boxers are going to come to the mixed martial arts cage. They're not going to come to the UFC because they know that they can't compete. And I just think, hopefully, as we see these crossovers continue, like we're realizing as well, like our guys can't necessarily compete over there either. You know what I mean? Like, not on the whole, not at the elite level. Can we cherry pick some people the way Jake Paul has? Yeah, yeah, we can. But not compete at the elite level. No, no, no. Anyway, uh, I did want to say one more thing about the, the spinning back click. If you watched the end of the year coverage, the last topic we did was breaking down John Jones and him not fighting. This was a hard one for me. I'm going to be honest with you. Um, I, I didn't want to talk about this topic. And again, I, in, in that role of host, I don't really have to talk about a lot of it. You know, I, I, I usually try to throw my opinions in there. But for, the reality is I'm just um, kind of teeing up the panel and, and getting their thoughts, right? But I, I don't think it's fair to ask them a question that I wouldn't be willing to answer myself. You know what I mean? Because I'm the host, I don't think it's okay for me to, to hide behind the fact that I'm a host and uh, and asked him something that I wouldn't answer. And we had a discussion as a staff, and to be honest with you, I didn't want John Jones not fighting being considered as one of the biggest storylines of 2021. And as I sit here right now, I mean, I ended up doing it. Um, you know, other people on the staff felt that it was big enough that we needed to talk about it, and I can't necessarily disagree. It is a big story, right? I mean, I, I still consider John Jones the greatest of all time. So if the greatest of all time is technically active but not fighting, that's a pretty big story, right? It, and it is. It is. But I feel like our roles at that time are to actually give some thought, give some analysis, give whatever. And not just – to me, it's a, it's a topic that doesn't require a lot of discussion, right? Like we all want to see John Jones fight. We all understand why he isn't, which is one – you know, getting the contract done for a heavyweight title fight. And two, you know, he had some legal issues as well. I don't I don't think the legal issues played as much into it as most people think. I mean, he had basically already said, I'm not fighting for the rest of the year, even when he ran into the to the legal issues. So um I don't know, man. I just I feel like with all the fights and all the fighters and all the things that are happening, 
why why is that one we're talking about you know is is that especially when what 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 can we necessarily say so i don't it was a tough one for me but ultimately you know i i i did what you know the company felt was best and don't regret it but i do kind of regret it because i told you earlier like i i want when i when i speak and when i talk to you and anytime you see me i want you to know it's me being honest and me giving my thoughts and I ended up talking about a conversation that I really didn't want to talk about, to be honest with you. And that kind of sticks with me a little bit, man. It it bothered me. It bothered me. So I'm I'm definitely gonna take a look at that in 2022. You know, if 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 I don't know, I, I like being host of Spinning Back Click, but it's not you know it's not anything I set out to do or doesn't change my paycheck you know what I mean like it was no it's definitely not in my job description to host that like uh, man Simon Head was host for a long time until Simon wasn't around anymore and and then it became my job to host and I don't mind doing it I enjoyed chatting MMA with the guys but it kind of put me in a weird position like I don't want to tee up a conversation that I really don't want to have and so it's going to be something that that I have to think about um, for the new year moving forward. Is that a role that I want to continue doing, or do I want to just make sure that I tell people that like, hey, if we talk about this, it's because I want to talk about it, not because anybody else wanted to talk about it, um, but because I wanted to talk about. It. This is those creative control discussions that people have, <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's one that I think I'm gonna have to have with myself and and have with everybody else around me moving forward. So, uh, yeah, all right. Uh, so we talk Fury 3? We got to talk Fury 3, right? Dude, if you guys aren't into this, hopefully you know about this. I've been, you know, giving a little bit of social media love on it, whatever. But Carla Esparza versus Danielle Kelly in our main event was supposed to originally be Rose Namajunas against Danielle Kelly. COVID-19 protocol ruled out uh, Rose Namajunas, and that means Carla Esparza steps in. Uh, I'm actually very excited about this. And not... I wouldn't say that I'm more excited about it because, you know, Rose obviously brings such a, a star level to it. And she brings a much more um, creative kind of grappling game than I think what Carla does. Carla is going to rely on the wrestling, right? There's no question about it. Like, it's that's that's what she does. She wrestles. Her submission wins have all come via rear naked choke. Um, so you're not, like, you know, thinking that she's going to do some flying triangle or something like that that Rose is – clearly shown that she's capable of doing but I'm, I'm interested by this so here's one caveat you need to be aware of and we'll we'll lay it out on the broadcast but just letting you guys know now in case because i did see there's some betting odds out there on this and so in case you're looking at some betting odds you know some things that the people might not be 100 percent aware of yet is that any fight involving a, a, a ufc rostered athlete will not allow heel hooks which i think is a brilliant rule move um, because I mean, look, we've got like, I think, I think the number is fifth, six, I think it's 16 athletes total. If I believe we have 16 rostered USC athletes, I probably need to count that up before the broadcast. I believe we have 16 rostered athletes between the main card and the prelim card. Never before have we seen a, a grappling event like this. We have 16 current USC athletes on the card. That's awesome. But the UFC has to be, you know, the, look. This is part of UFC Fight Pass, and you know it generates revenue for the company, of course, but not in the same way that a UFC pay-per-view does, or you know their normal ESPN programming does. So they want to allow athletes to do this, but they also have to be very, very careful about what they allow their athletes to do. And when you start adding heel hooks in, 
that's where there's a real potential for, for knee damage, right? I mean, there's just a real potential for that. Um, and it happens fast. Now, you know, the, the one that stands out to me, of course, if you'll remember, the, the quintet event, Cub Swanson uh, ended up blowing out his knee and, and, and lost a year to a grappling event. But remember, that wasn't from a heel hook. It was from reaping. Um, I'm, I'm going to knock on some wood here. I'm not trying to jinx anything. I'm just saying it wasn't the heel hook. But I respect the rule set. And if that's the rule set that we have to use in order to, you know, utilize um, these athletes and to be able to to, to, to have them compete on these events, then I think it's 100% the right call. But it changes things for these high-level athletes, right, especially in our main and co-main. Now, the rest of the card, I don't necessarily think it affects it quite as much. But in our main event, Carlos Barnes versus Daniel Kelly, right? Daniel Kelly, she's new-age jiu-jitsu, right? She's, I mean, obviously she's a well-rounded grappler, but, I mean, you know, inverting, going through the legs, she's got that. I mean, that's that's what she's incredibly good at, right? She's not going to be able to use that this time. She's not going to be able to use that this time. So I think that makes the matchup very, very interesting. Carlos Barza is going to be working top game. Now, the issue is, and if you saw Fury Grappling 2, you saw Marab Davalashvili versus Kevin Dantzler, and if it was – had it been in a mixed martial arts contest, I think you would have ruled Marab Davalashvili the winner. But Kevin Dancer was actually ruled the winner because he was the closest to finishing. Um, he, he did get a couple advantageous positions where he was looking for the submission. Um, Marab, meanwhile, was he was the one bringing the show. He was the one jumping, diving, trying to get past the legs, you know, doing all these things. But he never got into a position where he was really attacking with a submission. And so because of that, he lost the decision. Now, he was very, very frustrated about it. And... I'll be honest, like, even I was a little bit frustrated about it, right? Like, this is the guy that's being aggressive. This is the guy that's bringing the show. But he wasn't the one that was getting in on the submissions. So it was the right call. I think that's what's going to be interesting with this matchup. Daniel Kelly can't necessarily go to what she's best at. But she's got other things as well. Now, you can definitely still use some leg traps and, and, and things like that to set up other movements. But those aren't going to be the finishes that she can go to. Now, Daniel Kelly's a minus 360 favorite from the odds that I'm seeing right now. Carlos Esparza, a plus 270 underdog. Uh, I'm interested in this one. I, I think, uh, you know, Esparza's top game is going to be good. Her defense is good. But can she really threaten with submissions? I don't know. We'll see. But I think it makes it a much more level playing field than if Kelly had free use of leg locks the way that, that she normally does. So very, very, very intrigued by this main event. And, and the exact same storyline goes with the co-main event. Now, undefeated uh, former CFSC welterweight champion, current you know welterweight contender Sean Brady is facing Craig Jones. Um, Craig Jones, you know, is incredible. He's, I mean, other than Gordon Ryan, you know, basically those two guys are considered the best two grapplers on the planet right now, and rightfully so. Um, Craig Jones. I don't know, man. He's he, he's a monster. Like he's just there's just no other way to put it, man. The dude is on another level when it comes to grappling. But if you've seen Craig Jones, again, similar. Like he's, and I don't know if he'll take this any different. I didn't I didn't try to pick his brain too much, um, especially knowing that I was gonna sit down and record this. And I, I don't know. I've I've I, I don't know. I didn't try to pick his strategy too much. I feel like that's a little bit disrespectful. I guess I I, I guess as a broadcaster, I I should have had that you know 
uh, that respect level that, hey, this is not going anywhere. But I knew I was going to sit down and talk about it. So I didn't know. I didn't want to know the answer. I didn't want to sit down and talk to you about why I'm intrigued by this if I knew what the answer was, right? And that is, is Craig Jones going to do what Craig Jones does? Because if Craig Jones does that, well, he can't have his normal attacks. If you look at his submission game, it's inside and outside heel hooks. He can't go for those against Sean Brady. Now, what I will say about Craig Jones is he is phenomenal. At, like it's not like he's a a, a one trick pony. You know, this is not a. Now I feel disrespectful. I, I shouldn't have said one trick pony, but I was gonna say it's not like a like a Husumar Palhara situation where you know. He's going to go for this and 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 nothing else and and that's it. You know what I mean? And he'll just keep cranking. It's not that he, like he is this new level where yes, he'll definitely invert. He'll go for this and then he'll use that to switch to your back or he'll use this to switch to an arm. So um, Sean Brady is still, I mean, in a lot of trouble here. <laughs> just if I'm being honest, this is a difficult matchup. But it goes to show you. Because I, I know behind the scenes, because how this thing was put together, Sean Brady was like, literally, give me this matchup. You know, it wasn't like they were like, hey, we've got Craig Jones, and we can't find anybody to face him. Like, would you face him? Like, no. Sean Brady was like, who you got for me? And I know some other names that he was asking for as well, and they were equally amazing. It didn't happen, and I'll just – I won't reveal those names because maybe it will happen at a future date. But, you know, when you're asking for literally the biggest names on the planet, that's your self-belief and your confidence in yourself and the fact that you want to challenge yourself. And I respect that. And again, I think the fact that, you know, Craig can't just full-on attack the heels, that levels it out a little bit. Now, Sean Brady a plus 500, Craig Jones a minus 800. Now, am I saying I'm betting my mortgage payment on Sean Brady because Craig Jones can attack his heels? No, I'm not. But as a viewer, as a commentator, it, uh, it interests me a lot. It interests me a lot more than it would normally because to the point that I was saying earlier, you know, normally if, if you give Craig, if you give Danielle, if you give them their full repertoire, their full arsenal going against, a, you know, a, a high-level mixed martial artist who, of course, is training jiu-jitsu but is also training striking, is also training, you know, is also training all these other things that that elite-level grappler is not training, it's not as exciting to me. Again, it, it goes back to this MMA boxing thing, you know, like the boxer is only training boxing. The mixed martial artist is, yes, training boxing, but training a million other things as well. And so it was a capable boxer, but if you go against elite boxers, you're not going to win. And to me, it's the same thing in these grappling. If, if we're doing full-on open rule set, you're going to struggle a little bit because, yes, you're – training grappling but not to the level that they are and by the way i should say the rule set was not put in place at cfsc request this was usc request and understandably so they're, they're again they're, they're just trying to make sure there's no freak injuries of course injuries can still happen again i'm gonna knock on wood we don't see any of that but that's why the rule set is put in place so if you do want to throw a couple bucks down this and you are thinking about it just remember that's that's part of the that's part of the plan, right? So no inside heel hooks, no outside heel hooks, no heel hooks in any fight involving a uh, a UFC roster fighter. So something to think about. Uh, Joe Selecki versus Donald Cerrone. Man, I'm pumped for this one. Uh, you know anybody that's been listening to the show for any length of time knows that Cowboys been you know essentially my default answer for who's your favorite fighter. And, and I don't know that, you know, it, it's hard to say that I even have a favorite fighter. But when you do interviews and you're talking with media and whatever and they ask you, I mean, you got to have an answer. And how do you not go cowboy? You know, a guy that I've been interviewing for, 
you know, 10 plus years who embodies that anybody, anywhere, anytime. Um, a guy that has been open on it. I mean, there's, there's so many reasons why I like Cowboy Cerrone. Um, and so the fact that I now get to commentate one of his, granted, just a, just a grappling match, not a fight, but nonetheless, you know, the fact that I get to commentate something from him is, is pretty special to me, man. I'm pretty excited about it. Um, here's one where I'm kind of interested as well, right? So I, I don't know if you guys saw it, but um, Cowboy, so I'm not sure what the strategy So Cowboy went against Craig Jones a couple weeks ago, and Craig tapped him out. And this was in a combat jiu-jitsu match where you can actually do open hand striking as well. A um, c- couple of interesting things. First of all, number one, um, Cowboy did get caught in a buggy choke, and uh, he struck the head a couple times, and Craig let go of the choke, and then they restarted because um, Cowboy was like, no, I didn't tap. Like, I was just striking. It was interesting. Uh, so they, they reset, and, and, and Craig ended up getting the finish as well. And if anybody deserves the benefit of the doubt, it's Cowboy Cerrone. Because I don't know if you guys remember the Submission Underground match. He tapped out uh, Rafael Dos Anjos. And RDA was like, hold on, I didn't tap. And Cowboy, so the, the, the officials were like, the Cowboy was like, let's keep going, let's keep going. And the officials were like, nah, 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 he tapped, he tapped, you got to go. Like, the f- match is over. So they declared a winner. And Cowboy was like, no, let's go again. And so, literally, I think they were the co-main event, and then after the main event, they came out and went again. I mean, so if anybody deserves the benefit of the doubt, it's Cowboy Cerrone because, again, he's been in this position on the opposite side, and he said, oh, you didn't tap? Then let's go do an entire new match, even though they just declared me the winner. Even though I'm not getting paid any more money for this, let's go do another match. So if anybody deserves the benefit of the doubt, it's Cowboy. But it made me think about this this combat jujitsu, which I've watched a little bit of, but I haven't watched a ton of. But this is the exact thing I'm, I'm kind of worried about that maybe it needs a little bit of clarification or something to talk about is that because basically he threw like a couple hand, a couple open hands. So basically if you haven't seen combat jiu-jitsu, you can throw open hand strikes on the ground. So it's like old Panker style, like palm strikes, right? So he did that. He threw a couple to the head. But as I was watching it live, I, I'll be honest, I thought it was a tap. I thought it was almost one of those ones like I'm tapping, but I'm, I'm messing with you while I'm doing it. You know what I mean? Like I know I'm tapping. But since I'm allowed to tap you in your face, then I'm going to go ahead and tap you in your face. And I think that's what Craig thought was going on as well. And Cowboy's like, no, 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 I was, I was throwing strikes. And so, um, I don't know, I just think that's a, um, a rule or a, 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 a thought process that needs to be thought about. Like, how, how, how does a referee, how do competitors differentiate between that was a tap or I just threw a couple open-handed strikes at your face. So, uh, anyway, so that was it. But I... I the reason I said all that is because Cowboy, to me, looked like he was just having fun in that match. But part of it might have been the fact that he was going against a much larger Craig Jones. Uh, and, you know, again, not only a size an issue, but Craig Jones, again, one of the best grapplers on the planet. So it was Cowboy in there just having a little fun, knowing, look, I'm probably not going to win this fight, but let's just go in there and have a good time. I'm just saying that because, I mean, he's actually an underdog against Joe Selecki as well. Um but I wonder if he's going to come in with a different approach this time. Is he going to be more serious about it? Now that he's fighting somebody not quite as accomplished as, as Craig Jones, and that's saying it mildly, um, you know, will he approach the thing a little bit different? Or is he going to come in and just be kind of casual with this one too? So I'm intrigued by that one. Uh, Cowboys the underdog, Joe Selecki minus 215. Um, I don't know. 
I, I, I can see it's weird, but I can see value on both sides. Like if Cowboy, I think Cowboy's jujitsu is incredibly underrated. You look at the the amount of submission wins he has on the table, uh, it's it's unbelievable. But I think we got to decide: are we looking at that last performance as an indicator of how this performance is going to be, or was that more of an outlier? And now he's going to take this one a little bit more serious because he's going against somebody that is his size, and again, not necessarily of you know, well. It's no disrespect to say Joseph Lucky's not Craig Jones. <laughs> That's not just disrespectful. That's like being like, ah, you're a good striker, but you're not Anderson Silva. You know what I mean? Like, it's just that guy's on a different level. So I'm intrigued by that one. Uh, Billy Corantillo versus Clay Guida. Oh, dude, I'm so pumped up for this one, man. Uh, again, another guy in Clay Guida who uh, just I, I consider an honor to be the, the fact that I get to be on the broadcast into this. Uh, unbelievable, man. I'm, I'm hoping, uh, man, I'm, I'm hoping he. he, he, he you know, he comes in bouncing. I'm over. I don't know if Jason's here or not to slap him in the face or not, his brother. <laughs> but uh, I'm just I'm hoping we get the full Clay Guida treatment, man. I'm so excited about that one. Hinato Moicano against Chase Hooper, Steve Mowry against Nikki uh, Nikki Rod. Uh, he's actually on our, our on our bout sheet as Nikki Rod. Nick Rodriguez. I don't know if you guys that maybe not be um, pure grappling fans know who this guy is, but Nick Rodriguez is a monster. This is this dude is an absolute beast. Um actually trains with Craig Jones as well, but ended up winning uh, a silver medal at ADCC as a blue belt. Now, at ADCC they don't have belt divisions. You're competing against the black belts. Like you go in there, it's it's I mean, to go in there as a blue belt is kind of ridiculous, but to go in there and 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 win as a, you know, a silver medal as a as a blue belt competing against the the best grapplers on the planet. Absolutely unbelievable. He's a big, strong, powerful dude. Top game, unbelievable. But he's going against Steve Mowry, right? The the huge uh, heavyweight from Bellator. Um, so I'm kind of intrigued by this matchup. Um, I think if Nicky Rod can get on top like you expect him to, he's going to make it real tough for Mowry. But Mowry, as as big as he is, has has shown some grappling as well. So um, loving that matchup. Kevin Holland is here, uh, straight from Hendrick Stand. Uh, he's facing Cody Hamra. Uh, who, if you've if you've uh, watched our previous events, Cody Hammer was actually um, a, a wrestling coach of Damian Maya. I mean, this dude's been around the game. Now he's part of the Daniel Gracie team. But kept. I mean, ke- how much respect do you have to have for Kevin Holland, right? I mean, all the questions are how's his grappling? You know, ca- can he compete? Look, he's a Travis Luter black belt, and now he's he's doing this. I mean, it's brilliant. Brilliant. So happy about it. Uh, Joaquim Silva, I mentioned earlier, he was on the, the bus in with me, him and, and uh, Neil Magny. You're going at Neil Magny. That dude just wants to compete against anybody, right? He'll, he'll do anything. Jonathan Piersma, who's a CFFC uh, contender, dude can grapple. Dude can straight up grapple. He's a welterweight, um, great submission game, uh, former collegiate footballer, incredible athlete. Jonathan Piersma against the Fresh Prince. Phil Rowe, um, I think that's I think that's a good matchup. That's the, that's the main card opening matchup, and uh, Jonathan Piersma is actually the favorite now. When if you look at the odds makers, and I think that's a good line, man. Minus one fifty over Phil Rowe plus one twenty. So this is one of those. I mean, this could be one of those cool moments for a CFFC fighter, right? Like to to get a win over a guy that's on the UFC roster. I know it's not an MMA fight, but it's still pretty damn cool. Uh, another one of those matchups. I, I mean. You know, Eddie Torres versus Alex Caceres. Eddie Torres versus Alex. I, this is on the prelims. So the way this thing is going to set up, 7 p.m. Eastern, 
the first three matchups are going to be on Fight Pass for free, I believe. So if you don't, even if you don't pay for Fight Pass, um, I think the way this is set up, as I understood the last production call that we got, the first three matchups will be free on Fight Pass. Like I guess they have a stream that's just open, right? And then the main card, you've got to be signed in. At that point, you've got to have your subscription. You've got, you know, you've got to be uh, signed up. But even if you don't have, and I'm telling you, sign up and watch it. Sign up and watch it. Because, look, if the numbers are good on this, we get to keep doing more of these. I'm just, I'm just being honest with you. I want to keep doing more of these. Sign up and we can keep doing more of these. But uh, the prelims, even if you're not signed up, the prelims, Bruce Leroy, Alex Caceres, I love covering that guy. You guys know how much we've talked about him over the years against Eddie Torres, who, of course, earlier this month was supposed to be fighting for the CFFC featherweight title. And uh, tested positive for COVID. You know what I mean? He was asymptomatic, but it didn't matter. You're positive. So no issues whatsoever, but you can't compete. So he gets pulled out of the championship fight, headlining at Atlantic City, the hard rock, and can't go. Period. Boom. Done. But now he's back a couple weeks later. He's clear. Everything's fine. Like I said, no symptoms. Uh, and he's getting to face Bruce Leroy. Uh, Eddie Torres, solid grappling game. Uh, he's actually a favorite over Bruce Leroy as well. So, intrigued by that one. How about, uh, again, so that's the featured prelim. Phil Halls versus Andre Petrosky. I mean, Phil Halls, <laughs> Megatron. We know all about Phil Halls. Great wrestling game. Andre Petrosky, a little bit better submission game. Um, and by the way, I should say, I didn't even touch on the weight class on this. Everybody's fighting up a weight class at minimum, which is awesome. So, nobody's cutting weight. Uh, you know, everybody's just here having fun. Uh, in and out the year on a bang. Um, and it starts out a, a late edition. It starts out Chrissy Briggs, who was victorious last time, against the savage Jillian Robertson, who you guys know I'm a huge fan of. I'm praying. I don't know what the walk-in music game is. The walk-ins are super short uh, because it's not like a, uh, a, a mixed martial arts match where you, get, you have to get, like, grease on and all that. So the walk-ins are super short. But, I mean, come on. She's the owner of the best walk-in music in the game. Let's, 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 let's hope that they get, they get a little P.I.M.P playing in the 2300 arena tomorrow night. I am so fired. I, I can't even lie. I'm so fired up for this. I might be more excited for this than um, any, I don't know, man, than any assignment in recent memory. Like the fact that I get to be a part of the broadcast team for this is unbelievable. But even if I was just a fan watching this, ah, I'm, I'm pumped. I'm pumped. Hopefully you guys feel the same way as I do. Uh, listen, a couple more things real quick. Uh, I've probably done, uh, you know, don't want to make it seem like it's just a, a cheap, shameless plug, although I am excited. I'm about to go head down to the weigh-ins. Can't wa wait to watch that. Um, interested to get your thoughts on our end-of-year awards. So we had some uh, debate over the end-of-year awards. Um, I ended up writing the stories. I've already written them, so they're all done. Um, but they'll publish over the next week or so. Uh, for our end of year wars at MMA Junkie. And I'll say there was a little bit of discussion. So the things that I got, um, the assignments that I got, which for the, I mean, the, the premier assignments, right? I got uh, male fighter of the year, female fighter of the year, and event of the year. So, I mean, three pretty awesome assignments in terms of, of, of what I ended up writing up. Um, and with male fighter of the year and female fighter of the year, that's just a staff vote. It's that easy. It's a staff vote. Really, they're all a staff vote, but what we do with male and female fighter of the year is we just say, hey, everybody throw in your vote. With the rest of the categories that we have, normally it's whoever's writing the story will say, hey, here's what I think. Do you guys agree or disagree? And if you disagree, you know, you can make a case. And some of them we did. We changed. The original person said, nah, you're right. You, you, know, you changed my mind there. Um, 
So male fighter of the year was basically torn between uh, Charles Oliveira and uh, Kamaru Usman. And, I mean, I think, you know, I've already seen some of the awards come out. By the way, end of the year awards should not come out until January 1st. I'm just saying. Are, are we just excluding everybody from rising? I'm just saying. It's a little bit disrespectful. It's a little bit disrespectful. I think end of year awards should come out on January 1st moving forward. And I get it. Probably other the probably the other people the reason other people did it they're probably getting better traffic than we are because they've already got their awards out. But to me, January first. Don't name a, a of the year award until the year is over. I'm just saying that's the way I feel about. It. Anyway, male fight of the year basically a two way split um, between Charles Oliveira and Usman as well. So um, I won't reveal it here. It's not not my place to do that. Um, but I'll be interested to see when it comes out what you guys think. Um, I will say this, uh, the winners that were nominated uh, in both categories. So when you see the story come out, it did happen to fall in line with my vote, which is good because I was assigned to write the stories. And I think it's, uh, again, you know, saying anytime my name is out there, anytime my, my word is out there, I want you to know I'm being earnest. I'm, I'm, I'm telling you what I truly believe. Um, I would feel kind of bad writing an article saying I – mean, and I wouldn't be wrong about it because all I'm telling you is this is our fighter of the year. But in that article, I try to explain to you like why this is the right choice. And if it wasn't my choice, but I'm explaining to you why it was MMA Junkie's choice, I feel a little weird about that. You know what I mean? But I will say as both of these awards come out, um, I did vote on the winner as well. So it worked out as well. So the, the male fighter, I think, is a two-horse race. I, we'll see what you guys think when the award comes out. I don't know. Do you see anybody else in there? Should it have been more than a two-horse race? I don't think so. I, I, and, and I'm okay with either side that you're on, but um, to me, I think it's a two-horse race. Uh, female Fighter of the Year is a lot more wide open. A lot more wide open. And um, I think we had four different people uh, nominated. Four different people received votes, if, if, I'm, if I'm thinking right. Um, yeah, I think... If it, now I kind of want to pull up the votes to make sure, but if I remember right, and and, and I understand why, I think they're all um, uh, uh, Rose Namajunas received votes, uh, Kayla Harrison received votes, uh, Juliana Pena received votes, and Valentina Shevchenko received votes. So four different fighters in the women's division. Um, and I guess there's arguments we made for all of them. There's arguments made for all of them. And to be honest, I would say the women's one was actually harder for me than maybe the others. Maybe the others. Um, well, definitely the male fight of the year. Like, it was – it just – out of those four, there were two that I was keyed in on. And I'll be honest with you, I was coin flip in the air. I was coin flip in the air. But in the end, um, I think I feel comfortable with my decision. It is the one that won. So we can debate that afterwards. But, again, don't want to spoil it. Uh, but I was, I was a little bit torn on that one. So event of the year, um, I feel pretty good in my choice. I feel pretty good in my choice. There were, there were definitely a couple ones on the table. I'd say there's three different, uh, USC events and just if being honest, I mean, they, they have the biggest events on the planet. Uh, I think there were three in the mix, but I feel pretty comfortable with the one I chose. So, uh, those are the three that I wrote up. I'd uh, love to hear your feedback on that. Love to hear your feedback on the spinning back click stuff as well. The, you know, the of the year stuff, the conversations that we had. I always like to hear that. 
and uh, love to hear your your, your uh, w- once these are released. I love to hear your feedback on that as well. So anyway, listen, I've got to uh, go downstairs and go to the weigh-ins. I'm pumped up for this. Uh, obviously, not quite the you know we're still a small little growing organization here at CFSC, so it's not a huge event, but it's still fun to me to just see all these names that uh, that I'm familiar with and that I'm I'm so pumped that I get to to call uh, fights with tomorrow. And again, me and CM Punk and Paul Felder. Uh, I just don't see how it's not going to be fun. Looking forward to that. Then I fly home on uh, on New Year's Eve. Uh, don't forget, uh, Ryzen is on New Year's Eve. So, uh, you know, pro- the Japanese scene doesn't get quite the coverage that it used to, but uh, still some some decent fights on there. Uh, the tension Nasukawa versus Takanori Gomi, late ad there. I mean, look, I think that's favored to give Tension a, a, a nice send-off as he goes to a boxing career. But, uh, you know, seeing Gomi back in there, I mean, that's a name that we've been following for years and years and years. So, um, you know, maybe he can do something. But, yeah, in a stand-up rules-only match, we'll see. Now, he's going to be much bigger. I mean, much bigger. So, we'll see if he can use that to his advantage. But, unfortunately, he can't grapple. So, you're going against one of the greatest strikers on the planet who may be way smaller than you. By the way, if the only time you've ever seen tension is the whole Floyd Mayweather thing, nah, forget that. <laughs> forget that. Tension is way better than that. So, uh, yeah, some interesting matchups there. The Bantamweight Grand Prix uh, semifinals and finals. So there'll be a, a four-man. Basically, the, the the finish of the tournament will be that night. There's four fighters left. Um, a couple of – look, Naoki, anyway, I, I think got a raw deal from the UFC. I think he should still be in the UFC if we're being honest. Um, you know, Kaya Sakura is in there, so we'll see. It's good. Um, and uh, by the way, man, it's it's cool to see those guys. Showdown Joe Ferraro, who uh, Showdown Joe, man, I, I haven't seen that guy in forever, man. I used to do some Titan FC shows with him, and um, man, he did a couple like video pieces for MMA Junkie as well. So love Showdown Joe, man. I'm happy to see him over there. And Damian Brown, Damian Brown, uh, a guy that we interviewed. Uh, a couple times during his USC run, who I always uh, enjoyed talking with as well. You know, that's the commentary team there. So happy for those guys. So uh, I'm going to be honest with you. I think our grappling matchup is pretty damn good on the 30th, but uh, we're not the last event. Uh, Ryzen is the last one on New Year's Eve. I'll be flying home in that one, and uh, and then we'll get all caught up. Back with, back with cold coffee next week, and uh, we'll get the 2022 schedule going. So anyway, uh, listen – uh, sorry that it's only me today. I know you want to hear from Cold Coffee, but uh, the schedule is a little tough to do with me flying and not exactly sure what the schedule would be when I got in here. So hopefully you can put up with me rambling. And uh, if it wasn't too much, then I would appreciate you tuning into USC Fight Pass because I think we're going to have a hell of a lot of fun with Fury Professional Grappling 3. Hope to see you there. In the meantime, thanks for listening. 